The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, Coach Mike with you here on this Monday edition of the show. So glad to have you with us on Facebook and Twitter. WKOM, and if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for doing that. Make sure to subscribe and let folks know that they can listen to the podcast. Uh, some sort of breaking news on Twitter this morning consider, concerning the Tennessee Titans as uh, it was made official that the fifth-year option on Rashawn Evans will not be picked up. So there's that. Um. I think, uh, along with Adoree Jackson, this feels like, and th- this feels like a situation where they were draft picks that didn't quite live up. I'd be interested to know the number of draft picks during the John Robinson regime, and I'm sure someone has already done this, but I, I. Don't know where to find it immediately. But I'd be interested to know how many of his draft picks have had the fifth-year option picked up. And Derrick Henry and Kevin Byard and who? And, you know, the the jury seems to suddenly be back out on Byard after the season that he had this past year, which I think was more a function of the lack of leadership from a coaching staff perspective than anything he did or didn't do, but I guess we'll see this year. But again, I just think that it's interesting. It would be interesting to know how many fifth-year options have or haven't been picked up. Obviously, Corey Davis wasn't last year, and he walked, um, among others. Yeah. And – you know, and, and I mean, you're you're not drafting guys for ideally. You're not drafting guys for four years or five years. You're you're drafting guys to, you know, build a foundation, to be there for a long time. For a long time, not just and, a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jack Conklin, they didn't pick him up, did they? Mm-mm. No. So, 
It's. Uh, I'd be interested to know how many draft picks haven't had their fifth year option picked up, and how many first three rounders haven't had theirs picked up. Because I think that's where your misses are that's more where, glaring. Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Because I mean, if you don't, it, you you get all the praise if you're fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys. You know, hit, hit, but you also get, or you should get, yeah, a little. Because when when those guys don't hit, that's <laughs> those are the guys that you brought in to make immediate impacts for the most part. Looking at you, Isaiah Wilson, yeah, um, and and that's my concern. With this year's first rounder, as I indicated to you via text, not to be confused with via Getty, um, <laughs> on Thursday night, you know, if 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 Caleb Farley's back continues to be an issue and he's not able to step in and give you time at corner right from the get then I think that's a miss because that's somewhere they need help right now, I, week one. The, Caleb Farley's <clears throat> back is fine. Okay. Based on not just the Titans, but at least three other teams' medical staffs, including Virginia Tech. Okay. Now – Well, I don't know what else Virginia Tech is going to say. Sure, but three other NFL teams – looked into it, include, uh, as well as the Titans. So four NFL medical staffs looked into Caleb Farley, said he's fine. How many looked into him and said he wasn't? That I don't know. Because I'm hearing that I'm hearing that another back surgery is possible. Uh, and if that's the case, I'm concerned. I, I can see, I can understand the concern. I, I just, I don't think that. I think he's going to play in 2021. Now, him playing in 2021 is great. Now, if him playing forever. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm sure that in this day and time, it's something that you heal from and he'll be fine. I'm just saying they need him in the two deep from week one to week 17 or week 18 or however many weeks it is that they're playing. You're right, and they and I. I mean, that was a position of need. Cornerback is a position of need. You, that's not like Jeffrey Simmons. No, no, it's it's not in the fact that it's a guy you can wait on. You can hope for. Uh huh. This is a guy you have to expect from. And that being said, we talked about it. high risk, high reward. That's what John Robinson does. And he's yeah, well, he's hit some, <laughs> he's hit some, he's missed some. Swing hard in case you hit it, right? And I, I guess, um, I mean, it's like this Rashawn Evans deal, you know. They're calling it because of the salary cap issue, which I can understand. Sure. There is a salary cap issue. Oh, there in is a sal- there is a salary cap issue across the league until it goes back up, and I mean, I get that, um, but. 
when you are prioritizing who you're going to give an option and who you're not going to give an option, the fact that he's not getting one kind of tells you that this is a guy that we feel like if we have to, we We can can get by without. without. And And for – he was a second-rounder, right? Yes, he was. Um, So, I mean, the fact that that he has not been productive enough to warrant – more consideration for that fifth-year option, I think that's a miss. Yeah. I mean, you want your you think your second-rounder is going to be a, a contributor for a long time, or at least you should, more than four years. I would think that would be the expectation when you take a guy in the second round, like a Dylan Reduns from North Dakota State. That pick baffled me. Just baffled. There is a real, and, you know, you're not in those positions. You're not in an NFL head coaching position. You're not in an NFL general manager position without some level of ego. So I want to acknowledge that. But there is a real smartest guy in the room attitude that emanates out of there between Vrabel and J-Rob and it's just tough for me to think I know North Dakota State is a great program at the FCS level but it's, it's just hard for me to think that that's the guy that you're going to build around at right tackle for the next 10 years. Uh, I could certainly be wrong. The next tape I see of Dylan Reduns will be the first. But just given the level of competition that he has played against for the past three or four years, for me to think that that's going to translate into a starting role week one in the National Football League is kind of a tough ask. I'm going to tell you this. The level of competition that Dylan Redunds played the last four years is better than the level of competition Zach Wilson's played for the last four years. <laughs> on a on a consistent basis, North Dakota State. I would that, not. I would not disagree with that. That is a tougher conference, and and, and BYU couldn't win it. I, I now, wouldn't disagree with that. But that's that not, being said, that's more a knock on Zach Wilson and the New York Jets than it is anything else. I think, but. That being said, that conference has consistently beaten FBS teams. Mm-hmm. Iowa, Iowa State. They they win big games against – North Dakota State hasn't lost an FBS game in like seven years. So my, my point is that I don't know that the level of competition is the issue. Mm-hmm. I think that the reason that he was at North Dakota State is the reason that he's probably not going to make a good pro is he's undersized. I'm not going to say that he's not going to make a good pro. I, I don't think he's going to make it because he's undersized. You can't be a right tackle in this league and be undersized. Not anymore. No. And that's the biggest issue here is like, I, and I've, I'm, I'm one of these people who gets a little mad about that too. Well, you know, if the tape shows he can play, then he can. I don't care how big he is. Mm-hmm. Except 
on the offensive line. Well, that's the that's the one place that that doesn't matter. Well, where size doesn't where matter. Where size, size matters. Yeah, when you got edge rushers that can literally pick you up and move you to the side. You know, yeah. It doesn't matter how strong you are at that point. They get you off of your feet. You're, it's over. You can't do anything. If you so can't you, if you can't hold your spot at the point of attack, then you're going to have a problem. And you're talking about a running offense, a a run first offense. Certainly. And this is the guy you I, I don't know, man. Everybody seems to love the draft. USA Today B plus, Mel Copper B minus, uh, Sports Illustrated B plus, um, Sporting News B plus, Pro Football Focus A. Everybody seems to like this draft, and Pro, I don't hate the draft. Pro Football Network, um, which is what I'm looking at. They gave an A minus for Farley, a B plus for Redunds, um, a D for Monty Rice, an A plus for Elijah Molden, a C for Des Fitzpatrick, um, let's see, an A for Rashad Weaver, a C plus for Racy McMath, a B for Brady Breeze, and an overall grade of a B minus. There it is. So I think Which, I mean a B minus is passing. No, you know. <laughs> I think Monty I Rice. I would have is, taken a B minus. I think when they drafted Monty Rice, that was it for Rashawn Evans, and I think he probably knew that too. Um, I like Elijah Molden. What I, I, I think they waited too late to get a wide receiver. Um, I think they needed to go in the second or third round with a wide receiver. Well, it, well, here's the thing. Again, I'm looking at Pro Football Network here, and they're saying that Fitzpatrick was graded by many as a late, late day three selection if he was drafted at all. Yeah, the the one that they drafted was right. the odd one. So, I mean, you wait but he's, to take a receiver, and then you reach when you do? <laughs> yeah. It's a. I'm telling you, man. I, well, my, by the time they got to taking a receiver, that may have been he, he was the reach, about the reach it. was all that was left. He has and, good size and some pretty reliable hands, but there were better receivers on the board who do the same thing. And I, I couldn't, as you said, I couldn't really keep up with the draft the way I would have liked for a number of reasons. One, Turtle Lake Casino's wireless reception is awful. Great. No. But I won 100 bucks on the blackjack table. So hey, there we go. Racy McMath out of LSU. A guy we've never seen. Never heard of. Never. I didn't even know this guy existed. Okay. Because, and it's, it, that being said, understandably so with Jamar mm. Chase, Justin Jefferson over the last kind three of, kind years. Of tough to get on the field. It's, it, even if you do get on the field, you're going to be the guy that nobody's talking about. You might you might go out there and and catch you know four balls for forty yards a game and nobody knows. No, no. <laughs> the sultry algebra teacher, as dubbed by PFN draft analyst Matt Valdivinos, is the pick by Tennessee here. Racy McMath has only started six games in his career, primarily out of the slot. Tennessee needed to add receivers, and McMath is worth developing as a WR four and special teamer. So says pro football. So why are we taking him in the sixth round? Why is this guy not an undrafted free agent, right? Here's why. 4-3-4-40. Four, four, 
That's why. <laughs> the Titans needed somebody who can stretch the defense that deep. Take the top off, as they say. And yeah. this is the guy that they, I guess, are hoping can can do that. I, at 6'2", and can run 4'3", that's pretty darn good. If he can catch at all. If he can catch at all, you might have the steal of the draft. And there are but, a couple of guys that kind of fit that bill that they – have since transitioned away from. So, you know, there's certainly a role there for him to fill. Sure, sure. I think it suffices to say there's a lot more questions than than answers, answers coming out of this coming draft. Out. But it's, that's, it's going to have to be a wait. And it, it, but that's true in any draft, to tell you the truth. It is uh, true in any draft, but especially so for a John Robinson draft. Yes, I agree. I, uh, I don't think there's – For a John Robinson who still – has the stench of Isaiah Wilson on him. I mean. Regardless of why it happened, it happened. Yes. I, I guess my, my biggest concern or biggest point there is it feels like this guy is, like you said, there's a smartest guy in the room mentality with the guy. And it's. We got it all figured out. I don't know why it didn't pan out on the well, field. How, 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 I don't know what these other 31 teams are doing. Mm. But we got this one, and we know it. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're, going, we're going here. Oh, you know, whatever. I, I just feel like. Yeah, I know everybody else has taken I-65, but we're going to take 840. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't. I, I guess you just hope it works. I mean, it's there's, it's, there, there's an old poem about that. You know, I took the road less traveled, less traveled. and it made all the difference. Uh, all the, the it difference. Didn't, it didn't, didn't say, say what which difference. Way. That's right. It doesn't say what the difference is, but it made all the difference. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But here's the thing, guys. The Tennessee Titans are your defending AFC South champions. <laughs> yep. So whatever that's worth. The two moves that he's made with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry in the second round have paid off dividends. So, I don't care how you draft. If you can figure out where the value is in free agency, it's just as important as being able to draft. So... Right now, he's been able to find some value in free agency, and he tried really hard last year to go out and get the biggest names he could, and that didn't work out. So sometimes the value is more important. And I wonder if some of his, you know, yes, anytime you take these big risks, there's going to be misses. I have a feeling his misses got clustered. Well, he's like, you know, it wasn't a miss here and a miss there late the next year. Or a miss yeah, they all, <laughs> they were all one year, <laughs> one or two years. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, but again, also, why are you going to take the sure thing when Jadavian Clowney comes in and gives you zero production last year? Because he's the sure thing, right? We paid him a bunch of money to be the sure thing, and he wasn't worth. A plug nickel, yeah. wow. as uh, Julius would say on "Remember the Titans." <laughs> so I'm, I get it. Like you know, there there are there are arguments for both sides that I understand and will hear and listen to, and just again, like you said, Coach, just we got to wait and see. Oh, certainly. I mean, everybody's got their 
theories about guys in shorts and t-shirts and suits mm-hmm. and whatever else but mm-hmm. in, until they hit the field you don't know i'm trying to look real quick i know mike is trying to take us to break but um what have you got i'm trying to look at as you said the the tennessee titans are the defending afc south champions mm-hmm. their draft was graded a b minus again by pro football network um the Houston Texans draft was also a B minus. Okay. The Indianapolis Colts was a C plus. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you'll give me just a second. I was gonna say this the C plus was Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger? You took Sam Ellinger. Throw enough stuff against the wall and something will stick. The Jacksonville Jaguars grade was a B plus. So yeah, but they were starting from the uh, yeah they were starting yeah, from way farther behind. So <laughs> if we got a B minus and they got a B plus, as far ahead as we were, I think I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, and and the Houston Texans, as far behind as they were, got a B minus as well. So Draft Wire gave the Colts a D, a D, C plus D. Those it's not that that's not good if you're a Colts fan. So. Anyway, it is good if you're a Titans it fan. It's great if you're a Titans fan. And guess what? We are. We are. <laughs> We're also Braves fans. Don't let anybody tell you. Um, Even now. <laughs> no matter what. Vontae Mack. There you go. And when we come back, we're going to Get talk the hit about boots out. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Braves when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports day presented by mid tennessee bone and joint chris yow mo Patton, coach mike just coming across a tweet as i was perusing twitter as we were wont to do briefly um Chris Parson with a Kentucky offer. Chris Parson, the quarterback 
that was that this is I think he's I'm not even sure where he's at. he's in Murfreesboro somewhere but uh he this is his third team in three years the kid from Oklahoma that transferred in you remember what I'm talking about vaguely yeah, yeah. so uh <laughs> wow okay as a quarterback though with a a Kentucky offer just you know hmm. for those who may be um interested in Kentucky quarterbacks of the future. Is it in our country? He's at Ravenwood. That's that's right. He, yeah, that's the kid that came in from Texas. Well, he I guess we'll get to see uh, get to see some head to head. Anyway, yeah. Now he has not played. He just transferred in back in February or over the Christmas break or something like that. So right. So he'll be a junior next year. That'll be interesting. And this is his third high school in three years. Is that right? I believe so. I believe that's what I remember when that came down his dad worked for the military or something no <laughs> no i don't think Please. that's got anything to do with it no nope. <laughs> um according to and this was just the first story that came up according to Corey woodruff with the williamson homepage, his article from february um parsons had offers from offers yeah Iowa, Oregon State, TCU, Virginia Tech, and Kansas. Third best dual uh, dual threat quarterback prospect in the 2023 class. Um, so, there's that. Started for Duncanville in the Texas 6A state championship game as a freshman. Transferred to Red Oak for his sophomore year. Split time with a senior. Had right at a thousand total offensive yards, fifteen touchdowns. So interesting. Mm, yeah, so, it's it's interesting. It is okay. Be, be interested to see how he does in the Will Hester world. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I'm excited to see Will back. By the no way, no doubt, no doubt. Let's talk a little bit about the Atlanta Braves because very little. Could you have scripted a worst? a worse first month mm. than what the Braves have had to deal with between now Travis Darno going on the 60-day I.L. Is he on the 60? Uh, yep. Alex Jackson well, I tell you, on the 10-day. Part of that is to open up a spot on the 40 for okay. somebody, but still the fact that – Jeff Mathis. Jeff Mathis and William Contreras are now uh, the Braves catchers because both – Darno and Alex Jackson are on the IL. So will will Jeff Mathis' walk up music be I don't need your rocking chair? Is that is that what that'll be? <laughs> this is a fantastic question. How in the world did these trainers get a full season out of Josh Donaldson? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and and with that with that question, Alex Ooh. Anthopoulos looks at everybody and says, Good "Now question. you see, <laughs> now you see why we didn't resign him, even though all y'all fools mm-hmm. wanted us to." <laughs> yeah, Minnesota four years, ninety something million or whatever it was. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. <laughs> boy, where's Tyler Flowers when you need him? Mm. Brian McCann. Is uh Evan Gaddis. is first of all is uh is Eddie Perez available? <laughs> if Jeff Mathis is on the team, mm. I'm not sure how much older Eddie 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 is than Jeff. So <laughs> not yeah, not much. I mean, 
Shoot. Uh, shoot. If we're going to get for if we're going after former Florida Marlins catchers, I just as soon have Charles Johnson. I mean, at least he could throw somebody out. We have to start questioning the training staff of all these soft tissue in- injuries. Four hamstrings, a groin, an abdominal strain, and a forearm. Now, I understand Jackson. Jackson came in cold, had no late in the game. He had now, no what did chance. he hurt? Uh, I think huh? I think he's got the forearm. Okay. Uh, but this is just. Well, now, the Darno injury, as I understand it, that was a contact injury. That was on yeah. the tag, right? Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. That was just. A, that was a thumb. A freak. Yep. Yeah. That just, wasn't necessarily him, uh, anybody's fault. Right, right. But, That's just a stuff happens. But there have been quite a few hamstrings and non-contact. Yep. And it's it's very including Max Freed, especially Max Freed, uh, who is pitching on Wednesday. Well, now to be completely fair, Max was struggling before the injury. I don't know that it wasn't tweaked. In day one, mm. because there was well, that would explain a lot. It would explain a ton. Yeah, um, if he some kind of way altered his his delivery, trying to compensate for a bulky, sore hamstring, that kind of thing. Uh, Maybe got a little high, wasn't wasn't stretching out like he needed to, that kind of thing. Yeah, because L- apparently lost tra- his release point. Apparently, the training staff um, is struggling. Trash. You lose, you know, if you lose your legs as a pitcher, yeah, it's your, your a, arms, your arms not far behind. Yeah, and uh, hmm. someone said, "Why isn't Shane Langliers getting a shot?" You know, at this point, he's the guy we drafted from Baylor. Oh yeah, in twenty nineteen, because well, because he hadn't played. I mean, he wasn't at the alternate training site last year. I don't think. Yeah, someone said he's, he's nowhere near ready. I'm yeah. like, I don't even care. He can't be any worse than Alex Jackson in the box. Could literally go up there and swing three times and still be as good as Alex Jackson in the box. Well, you know, the good thing is right now, we're pretty much assured that... But you don't want to start his clock either. Yeah. Yeah. Contreras is pretty much going to play every day. Because, I mean, you can't, oh, yeah. you can't afford for Mathis to be the guy more than... I mean, he's going to truly be a... Emergency. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. This... <sighs> Some Man. someone mentioned if if last year wasn't just a perfect storm for the Braves, and I think and we didn't realize some it at the of time. it. I think some of it may have been there was a lot that went right, a lot that went right for the Braves last year. I mean, aside from the Soroka injury, right? There, there, nearly everything that they touched, despite. Not being able to put a full pitching staff on the field. I was going to say, d- despite conventional knowledge. That being said, this bullpen, one, is missing Chris Martin and has been missing Chris Martin all year. Two, missing. two is missing a, a, a closer. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say it out loud, but <laughs> we both know that some things have been positive as of, of recent. Yeah, recent recency bias, but they've been getting better, so we'll go there. But when, also when they've had an opportunity to Yeah, when close. they've had an opportunity to close. Yeah, you still gotta get there. That's right. Um but you don't have Melanson, you don't have Shane Green. Nobody has Shane Green. 
The Braves certainly aren't going to. Like I said, his price is probably tripled for Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> as it should. All right. Um, but this bullpen has been a problem because last year when you did have Chris Martin and Shane Green and Mark Melanson and even Will Smith in a setup role who wasn't bad, um, you could go five innings with your starter. Well, now we got three starters. None of them can go past six innings except Ian Anderson. We got one guy, Ian Anderson. He goes six innings on the last. Your your least least experienced guy <laughs> is the one that's your go to, your stopper. Yep. In terms of a guy that you know can get you into the seventh. So, and and the two guys that you spent money on, what fifteen and eleven. For this year, Drew Smiley is awful. Morton has not been bad. Morton has played has, has pitched well. He's not been he's not been a guy that can go deep. You know he he might get to the sixth if he's lucky. But Smiley has been atrocious, <sighs> absolutely atrocious. And I guess the big issue there is, and we knew he was going to be a late rotation guy he wasn't he was gonna be your four or five and without freed without soroka i get it but we got it i mean you're 12 and 16 like you said earlier after getting even and you can't let this go on much longer you can't go through may and end up Seven or eight games out of first. Yeah, because I don't know that this team is built to make a run. I mean, they've they've got to, and and it it probably sounds stupid to say, but I mean they they got to win games right now. I mean, you can't depend on ripping off ten or twelve here, you know, after the break or something like that. I mean, they they've got to stay in the top half of this division because. As good as this division is, you don't want to lose contact, as Brady Henson might say, with the with the front of the pack. Because somebody's liable to run off and leave you if you're not careful in this division. Yeah. And I had thought that that would be Atlanta. And yet, here we are. Yeah. I just, it, it's very frustrating um, and unfortunate for – for this team to be dealing with the injury situation that it's dealing with. I will say, if nothing else, the surprise of the century in Austin Riley's bat coming back alive, uh, he's apparently made like 81% of backhanded plays this year and had three errors over the weekend, I think. So... (laughs) He's he is so random. I mean, like, I don't even know how. I, I guess the biggest thing with Austin, and I, I want to go back and make sure that I'm telling you. I know he had some errors over the weekend. Um, he's had four this year. Uh, but his bat has been the only thing positive for the Braves in the last two weeks. I mean, kid is 
absolutely hitting the cover off the ball right now. Somebody's got to. Well, him. If if Pache hits any more grand slams, I'll be all right. And Ronnie well, no, hit a on, line drive on a minute. Game. So Pache hit a grand slam when Friday night? Is that when it was? Uh, I think it was last night. Was it last night? And, and or yesterday afternoon, whatever. And the guy that replaced him, Heredia, Heredia. he hit a grand slam against the Cubs, right? So they've gotten two grand slams out of the center field spot. <laughs> and the guy hitting the ball the best, most consistently, was Ender Inciarte before he got hurt. <laughs> so I'm just, this is a weird key, year. Key phrase, before, before he got hurt. <laughs> but, you know, this just feels like a bunch of, a bunch of bad things just keep happening to the Braves. It's just like the baseball thing, gods are not smiling on the Braves right now. They are not smiley at all. They're may, they're kind of frowny. They need to bring out a whole field of sage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you would have thought that that sage would have lasted longer than what three games or whatever it was. It's or I don't know what the expi- I don't know what the expiration date is on sage. Add a few things to the sage. <laughs> There you go. Maybe they needed the chickens. <laughs> Bring them a live chicken. Yep. Oh, man. Somebody must have drank Joe Boo's rum. That's what happened. It's not good to drink Joe Boo's rum. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, real quick, some baseball um, news locally. The, uh, the Nashville Sounds have a tentative opening day roster, which includes um, MLB Pipeline top 25 prospects, Mario Feliciano, Aaron Ashby, Corey Ray, and Clayton Andrews. And Corey Ray is a, a name that's somewhat familiar to some folks around here because he played his college ball at Louisville. Okay. And they play um, Vanderbilt in Quite the often. beer barrel um rivalry i think um or we go to break do we need to delve into our history we will and um i think it's looking like uh chad sabatka Mm -hmm. will be and all right okay yeah um 10 players with major league experience rj alvarez ray black blaine hardy uh Hobie Milner, Chad, Chad Sabotka, Zach Green, and Dustin Peterson, they all have MLB experience. As does D. Strange Gordon, who apparently last year added the Strange in tribute to his mom, who was killed when he was seven years old. Wait, D. Gordon is on the team? Exactly. <laughs> Son, he's, their, he's the MLB's active leader in stolen bases. I don't know how he can be the MLB's active leader since he's in the minors, but regardless, well, because yes. he's an active pro, pro, player, yeah, he's an active player. He's yeah. 33 and has 333 stolen bases. I feel like you should just quit there. 30, <laughs> like, 333 at 33? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I feel like that's a good place to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, well, that might might not bode well for his career. So, so D. Gordon, who is the son of former Major League reliever Tom Flash Gordon, and I'm showing my age with that one, um, played for the Dodgers, the Marlins, and the Mariners, and again is set to 
open the season with the Nashville Sounds as they are the AAA affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. So it'll be interesting to see where he plays because he's been a middle infielder after playing, breaking in as a center fielder. And opening day is scheduled for May 11th. Opening day at First Horizon Park. Opening day is tomorrow. Yeah, they'll be playing on the Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. But they will host Memphis at 635 on Tuesday, May 11th. So, and then they've got Gwinnett coming in. I don't know. Next, it's it's the week before spring fling. That's all I know. Okay, (laughs) that's when it is the week before spring fling. So, all right, right, you got uh, you got some history for us. I do have some history for us. Um, This day in Braves history on May 3rd, 2009, in the eighth inning of the Rays, five three went um, went over Boston. Carl Crawford steals his sixth base of the year to become the fourth major leaguer to accomplish the feat, sixth base of the game, excuse me, to become the fourth major leaguer to accomplish the feat. 27-year-old perennial American League stolen base champ joins Eddie Collins, who did it twice with the 1912 Philadelphia Athletics, Eric Young, who did it with the Colorado Rockies in 1996, and 1991 Atlanta Braves outfielder Otis, my man, Nixon, as the only players to steal half a dozen bags in a game since 1900. So there you have it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to get your thoughts on this uh, Danny White situation. <laughs> because yeah okay I, I i i know you got something to say so we'll take a quick break on southern middle tennessee sports day presented by mid tennessee bone and joint stick around hey folks while we take a quick break from the show i want to tell you about our friends over at custom stone handlers in downtown columbia ned rich and his team at custom stone handlers believe in leadership and outside of the military our greatest leader building platform is sports Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to the show. Nine minutes to the top of the hour. Can you imagine a bunch of NFL fans just storming the field because of whoever owns the team? You seen this Manchester United story? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Fans from the Manchester United match stormed the pitch at at Old Trafford because the team is owned by Americans. They're protesting. (laughs) Sorry, that's so ridiculous. Anyway... I just I can't imagine the, the dog pound in in Cleveland. I guess if well if if, if, if anyone had a right, <laughs> it would be them. <laughs> it would be the dog pound. And yet, and this is a perfect segue <laughs> to the dog, to to. 
Oh, man, you're right. Because disgruntled fans. <laughs> yeah. Is the, in orange. Is the, uh, the, the With orange. Yeah. Is is the, the topic of this next conversation because situation um, on, I guess, last week during an interview about fundraising. The interview was about fundraising. The interview mm-hmm. wasn't about anything else. It's about fundraising. Fundraising. And new University of Tennessee Athletics Director. Clearly. Danny White says the negativity of the fan base is an issue in fundraising and that the fan base, there needs to be a larger pool of of donors. And apparently... He's talking about normal Joe Schmoes, not the big time donors. We can't can't keep going back to the same ten percent of folks and asking for more money. Basically, you know why? Because they're angry too, <laughs> as they should be. <laughs> um, when I had this conversation with myself, basically on Monday, <laughs> Friday, or Friday. Some of us tried uh, to help, but uh, I had a lot. You couldn't, to say. You couldn't get a word <laughs> right. in. No, I understand. He was on a roll. Sometimes he gets that way, right? And this was just so frustrating to me because if anybody has a right to be upset, it's Tennessee fans. Yeah, I mean, and if anybody has a right to be frustrated and to be even more frustrated. To hear that kind of tone deaf attitude come out of your less than six months in place AD, it's Tennessee fans. I mean, shut up. Raise money. No, that's what he said. He said, shut up and give me your money. No, no, I'm telling him. This is a robbery? I'm I'm telling him, shut up. (laughs) Yeah, right. Shut up and give me your money. Yeah, no. Um, I think the best fundraising approach slash technique for Danny White and the University of Tennessee is going to be putting a winning product on the field. What did you say, Coach? Winning cures a lot of ills. Winning cures everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. It doesn't. You can do anything you want. As long as you win. If you win it. Yeah. In major college football. Yeah, ask and, Saban. And then a lot of other things. But, yeah, but definitely in major college football. It's like I told you. You can lose games and you can be unlikable. But you can't do both. Jeremy Pruitt. And and clearly Danny White didn't get the memo. No, he did, though. From, from the Jeremy Pruitt spring practice negativity debacle from his first year. He said he knew about this coming in. Okay. Then shut up. He knew about this coming in, and yet yet, he decided to make it a topic of discussion. Clearly. Well, I don't know if it was a topic of discussion. It was in the middle of an answer, but... It was and the, became it was the topic, topic of, of discussion. discussion. It was the topic of discussion after that interview because it's just you. You came to Tennessee for two reasons. 
One. Because the position was open. Because <laughs> they paid you a lot of money. But Tennessee, you come to Tennessee because of the passion of the fan base. You know what you're getting when you when you come to Tennessee. You know this fan base is going to be on another level, a level you've never seen before. You have Certainly to not understand. at Central Florida. Right. You have to understand what you're getting yourself into. And he under he knew about the situation. I don't think he understood. Yeah, and that's the, the thing. You, you can't. It might be one of those deals that you can't really understand it until, until you're in the middle of it. And I mean, his dad was the AD at Duke. Mm-hmm. Not the ain't, same. Ain't nothing at Duke. And I'm not sure there's anything in the ACC period that compares. I, I would agree. And so. You can't be, no matter how ready for this you think you are, sort of like parenthood, Chris, no matter how ready for this you think you are, you're not until you're in it. And it would be ready for this. And so it would behoove Danny to shut up, you know, go ask people for money if they give it fine, if they don't go on to the next person and put a winning product on the field. And if Josh Heupel's the guy, that does that, he's done his job, more power to him. And and I would imagine folks will be more likely to open their wallets when 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 this team goes to a bowl game. And and, and preferably well, one that's um after December twenty second. Right now <laughs> right now I <laughs> I do think this fan base recognizes where this program sure. is, and I think they would settle for a bowl game. Sure, right now. Oh, no doubt. Now that that's going to change real quick. Yeah, you can't you can't do it for three years. No, we're going to need some help before then. But anyway, happy forty fourth birthday, Coach Kelly Harper. Just let well, me know her forty fourth birthday today. I'm going to give her a shout out in case she's listening. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us today on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, if you missed any part of today's show, sm-tnsports.com. The podcast will be up later. We appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Top 5 Tuesday. It's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure to stick around and come hang out with us on the show, on Facebook, and on Twitter, and everywhere else. And in Winchester, WZYX will be there as well. For Coach Mike and Maurice Patton, I am Chris Yow saying have a great day, folks, and stay cool, Columbia. Cool